Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Beat. I'm Brendan Quinn, here with Nick Baumgartner. And How's it we, going, everybody? We have a very, very special guest, the Godfather. That's what they call him nowadays <laughs> at, in Ann Arbor. Uh, Phil Martelli. Uh, we are on location at the uh, basketball offices over at Michigan. Phil. Brian, Nick, <laughs> how you doing? Good, Phil. How are you? I'm going to lay a fact on you. All right. Uh, at our coaches' retreat a couple of weeks ago, I brought this fact up. They, uh, Juwan said, "Tell us something that nobody knows about you." Oh my God! And uh, I said, "Well, I have never seen the Godfather movies. I don't have any idea. I've never seen them. Uh, I'm just not a movie guy. I wasn't a movie guy whenever they came out, so I don't really know much about that lifestyle." Well. The staff you, has dubbed, dubbed you yeah. the, the Godfather. So here you are. I think it's the. I think it's your style. I think it's that. You know, you got the Italian. You got the golf shirt, the shiny golf shirt with the suit pants and the loafers. I don't think, you know, they uh, they were quite ready for what you're bringing to the table. A little Caldefini. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Or maybe that you've seen everything. Maybe that's part of it. That maybe an all-knowing presence, right? I'm you've far from all-knowing, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I really do appreciate it. I. I um, it makes me smile, yeah. and uh, that's really what this staff does. This is a really good group of people. Uh, the support staff, the mm-hmm. video, the Jay Smith, uh, and Jawan Howard as a, as a man. I was told he was one of the top five best individuals in the NBA, and there's nothing that, that has, would sway me from thinking mm-hmm. that. Hmm. Just a remarkable guy. Hmm. Well, the good news that I can tell so far is that your accent is doing well and holding <laughs> up. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, trust the, me, pl- it starts the players to get like, uh, you know, when I would be in charge of the the uh, the uh, workouts, I'd say, okay, water break. They'd all stand there and go, well, what, what is, what is, I go, what do you mean? Just get a drink. Leave me alone. <laughs> I haven't hit them with eagles yet. <laughs> and after what the Lions did to the Eagles, I, I'm not sure I should break that out. But, uh, you know, when I ask them what league we're in, they don't get that. <laughs> I was trying to explain to, oh, to Nick like this is great. that it's, uh, it is interesting for people kind of from our ecosystem to leave for the first time. I left home seven years ago and moved to Tennessee <laughs> And it, Which is just like mind-boggling. It, I had never been outside of Philly for more than like ten days before I left, and I was like twenty-nine, and it was like my first night away. I'm like, I don't know what to do, you know. Uh, and this is your first time, right? Sixty-four years. Sixty-four. Yeah. Years. I, the longest I was away from Philly uh, until June yeah. was I went with a USA basketball team to Japan. Right. I was assistant coach with Jim Beheim, and we went to Saipan. Japan, we won a gold medal, but keeping it tight, Jameer Nelson was on the team, so I had at least had, uh, but this was before FaceTime and yeah. really a, a lot of uh, ways you could stay in touch with people, mm-hmm. whatever it is, Skype or any of those things, uh, and I can remember picking up the phone in the hotel and calling back. Uh, and Brent, I'll give you a name. I called back to the office, and Dave Mallon was on his unofficial visit. He had he was not yet a senior in high school. Right. Uh, and I 
I did his unofficial visit through the phone sitting in my little tiny office. Did you even know what area code to call when you were calling? Because you've never yeah. been outside. No, I knew, I knew the area code. I, I don't even think we were in 610 at that point. You know, I think it was just 215. But, uh, yeah, there have been a lot of things. Uh, I, I, had never, I had never food shopped in my life. And so the first time that I went, I was walking around asking people, is there a rule, like, can you... Do you have to go clockwise or can you go counterclockwise? <laughs> what do you mean you never went food shopping? I never, no, never, <laughs> never went food shopping. Never. What? what how does that happen? Just My wife. Oh, she did I was married for, yeah. I've been married for 43 yeah. years. Yeah. So I, I went to my wedding yeah. from my parents' house. So I went to college. <laughs> you didn't buy food. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I went home. In the summers, I was home. Yeah. And then I didn't even, I mean, and so many things happened that day. It was like, am I going the right way? Yeah. Why am I walking down an aisle with coffee? I've never tasted coffee in my life. <laughs> why, why, and I'm stopping and looking like, oh, that, that looks like a bargain. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> pet food. I'm not a pet guy. I've pets. never had a pet. I, I never wanted to have a pet. And so those kind of things, when you look at people and say, mm. and even practical things, yeah, the dentist. Well, who's your dentist? Well, I had to ask somebody here and say, who's, who's the dentist? You know, I'm not, not, not the dentist to the Michigan basketball, yeah. but right, right. Find a Catholic church. Find a yeah, right. Dentist. Find a bakery. Uh, but. You know, You're like what? a college when freshman. I, when I get to yeah, <laughs> when I get to come in here, yeah, that's normal. Huh? And be with uh, these players, so respectful, so hardworking, and this staff. So I, I, long involved answer to the Godfather thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I do see it as uh, respectful, uh-huh. and. Um, I'll take it. But, I mean, you're in a totally weird spot, though, because you're out here, you're on your own, right? Yes, you, so it's your first time outside of Philly. The family is still back home. Like, I don't know how much people know about Judy. So yeah. here's a fun fact. Uh-huh. Like, Phil, not the best basketball mind or player in his own in the family? relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wife played yeah. for Immaculata, Judy Martelli. Oh, wow. Played for Immaculata. Wow. In a team that was inducted into the Hall of Fame, yep. played for Kathy Rush, yep. who was in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Three um, national championships. Yep, yep. Yep. Three it's national crazy. championships, That's lost awesome. the national championship game uh, her senior year. Yeah. Um, and she's been on a team, so she understands uh-huh. what yeah, yeah. all this means and what this game, it's, it's the best societal experiment. You know, because it doesn't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter uh-huh. if you're from Ann Arbor, Detroit, or Philadelphia. Yeah. It's dribble, pass, shoot, defend, compete, right. play to win. And um, she got all that. So when I kind of explained to her about practice and mm-hmm. her meeting to prepare for practice, you know, been there, done that. Yeah, right. Both as a player. Sure. And she she coached. Mm-hmm. She coached for a couple of years. She coached at Villanova. Okay. And um, when I was a high school coach, 
but she's had a lot of basketball experiences mm-hmm. above and beyond yeah. being married to me for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> Which cranks it up a notch, I'm sure, a little bit. And then so uh, so here you are as kind of a very late... Uh, New chapter, which is is extremely interesting and all that. But in terms of people getting to know you out here, I want to go all the way. I want to go back. Mm-hmm. I want to go to 1995. Okay, mm-hmm. so you are 42 years old. Mm-hmm. You've been an assistant at St. Joe's under John Griffin and for, Jim Boyle and Jim Boyle for for 10 years, and you get your first head coaching job. Yep. So now, Nick, imagine this. So yep. he, he gets his first job as a head coach at 42. At 42. So the other coaches in the Atlantic 10. At this time, yeah, John Calipari, John Cheney, yeah, Skip Prosser, Al Skinner, Mike Jarvis, um, who would have been at Dayton? Oliver Purnell. Oliver Purnell was at Dayton. Yeah, yeah Brian right. Gregory wasn't there yet, and then you, Speedy Morris, was in the league, right? Because LaSalle yeah. was already in the league, and then here comes you, first year, some jamoke. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know what? Uh, I've always, I've always known this. Uh-huh. Uh, Jim Boyle and John Griffin, they they wanted me to think like a head coach. Hmm. So I, I was ready that. because yeah. they wanted me to think like a head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back, prior to my experience at St. Joseph's, I was a head high school coach in in one of the best leagues in America, in the Philadelphia Catholic League, and. Um, and it is true that Gino Ariema, I've lost track. I don't know what has happened. He, Brandon told me this I, yesterday. This I, is crazy. I, <laughs> Continue with yeah. I just, I'm just not sure what happened to Gino. I hope he's all right. He, he might be doing fine. I don't know. But this uh, is wild. Gino was the JV coach. This is just. And I was the head high school coach. What? <laughs> and this is before we had children. So uh-huh. we were together. 370 days a year, not 365. We, yeah. we did everything together, yeah. and we had nothing. I yeah. mean, we literally had nothing. So uh, there was a little golf course in Norristown, and on Saturday nights, after 5 o'clock at night, you could play for as long as you yeah. wanted for $5, and that's the only time we could play golf. Uh, he was good. I was, I was bad. Um, you know, there was no going out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... When I went to St. Joe's, thinking all along that there was a plan, like at 35, this might work, and at 40, this might work. So when I got the opportunity, John Griffin, I had done all the public speaking, and not all. I mean, he had allowed me to public speak, and Mm -hmm. he had allowed me to recruit, and he had allowed me to scouting report and game plan. So all of that um, was, was... comfortable for me Mm -hmm. and I had taken that high school job and I treated that job like that was a full-time gig like that was uh, how I was going to make my mark so I never really got intimidated Mm -hmm. you know what it would mean it would be like Michigan Michigan State I don't that's going to be really tremendous to be a part of but I've done that with Villanova and St. Joe's and it's larger than life, and yeah. everybody pumping gas, and everybody at church, or anybody at the dry cleaner, they want to talk about that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had been in that uh, arena. The thing that happened was my very first team, they were guys that I had recruited. Mm-hmm. 
and guys like Mark Bass, uh, Reggie Townsend. So we 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 caught a little bit of a of a, a ride and ended up playing in the NIT championship. Yeah, game, yeah. Uh, my first year. Beat. Then, here's a fun fact for Nick. Beat God Sham God and Providence oh, along wow. the way yeah. in the NIT. In a doubleheader. It was a doubleheader. Doubleheader double double right. double in Pro. At, at the Palestra, right? No, at, Pro, at An Providence. An IT doubleheader? IT doubleheader was Rhode Island against Charleston with John Cress, great, great coach. And we played Providence with uh, with um, Pete Gillen. Austin Crozier. Austin Crozier. Was that after or before they made their tournament? Was that right before? Didn't they have a tournament run that team? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm point, not sure. Like Crozier did. was their best player, and I feel like yeah. he was a senior. Okay. We beat them, and then the then NIT. The Lester, Rhode and then, right. Okay. The NIT people came to us and said, you're going to stay up here and play Rhode Island. And Don DeGiulia, the longtime athletic director, said, no, we're going home. Mm. And they changed the game to the Plester two nights later. And we probably had 6,500 people yeah. there and mm-hmm. beat them and went to uh, – we went to uh, Madison Square Garden and played Roy Rogers and Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tyrone Lou and, and Nebraska. Right. In the championship. And, and, oh, and one, yeah. one of the guys on that Nebraska team is an NBA official. Huh. Um, Strick, Eric Strickland. Huh. Uh, and we lost the, ch- the championship game. And I said, oh, this is. It's pretty good. Yeah, we're doing all right. <laughs> then a year later, we were in the Sweet 16. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We lost to Patino and uh, the Kentucky team that had about eight pros. In San Jose. Oh, the 97 Cats, right? Yeah, and, uh, that's right. Antoine Walker. And, that's right. Yeah. And talk about not were, knowing. Those guys were nuts. Talk about, like, having to grow into this thing. Yeah. We beat uh, Pacific with Michael Olawakandi yeah. uh-huh. and uh, Boston College with Daniel Abrams. Uh-huh. And we were in Salt Lake, and somebody said, "Well, do you want to go right to San Jose?" And I was like, "I got a bunch of kids from Philly that they're homesick. They get on a bus and go from west to south Philly. We're going home. We went home for a day and a half, oh, yeah. and then flew to San Jose, and um, and we lost to Kentucky. And that 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 Stanford was in there with us in the." Sweet 16, mm-hmm. Stanford, Utah. and Rick Majerus' yeah. Utah team. Yeah. Wow. Van Horn. Some great teams there. Yes. Yeah. So, that was my first time on an airplane going to that game. Is that right? <laughs> San Jose, yeah. So, well, that's, that's, that's normal. You were, I don't, you were a pretty young guy by then. Yeah, that was 97, yeah. so I would have been in eighth grade. It's a long trip for you. Uh, yeah, big time. <laughs> um, my brother Kevin, who was a former academic well, advisor. Minute, when did you first meet Phil? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean... And Phil, how well, often was he in your gym bothering you and, and these type of things? Well, here's the deal. Here, here's, I had open practices, yeah. so anybody could come. Anybody, in this, anybody, oh anybody could come in. They could watch <laughs> fans. Anybody, an anybody, amazing. anybody. So when little, uh, yeah, there was nothing to to like look up and walking along the sideline was was a little girl pushing a. You know, a stroller, <laughs> baby in a stroller. Now, it. I always had a method to that, though. Yeah. Because when you get really good, mm-hmm. there's a lot of activity around your practices. People setting up cameras oh, for sure, post-practice yeah. interviews. 
setting up for a game to, you know, national yeah. TV game. So with all this going on, and in today's world, young people get distracted easily. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you can concentrate on what's, what's at hand. Mm-hmm. What's the teaching? I was always proud of the teaching that was going right. on. And that was my classroom. So why wouldn't I invite people in? Mm-hmm. That's great. I get why people don't. Yeah, uh, and I understand that, um, but just I, I was just most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Please, and it was also you also always understood uh, the importance of people being aware of the program, whether it's media, whether it's whatever. You know, Philly is a pro, it is a <clears throat> pro sports Philadelphia no Eagles town yeah. that has sixty one colleges all jockeying for any kind of attention that you can get. Yep. So. Um, you know, those early years, you kind of, you really wanted to get on radio, get on TV. You know, you, you did interviews on Sports Talk Radio. You didn't even do interviews. You just call in as like a caller into Sports Talk Radio. And, um, and, that, and I, that, I also told Nick about the old Hawk Talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he, you know, one of the things about that, like people would say, uh, Oh, you just want to, you just want to be out. Yeah. Yeah. But I had the job. Right. Yeah. The only job that I ever wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. So what am I promoting? It, I, it wasn't about self-promoting. It right. was I wanted people to know what we had going on, because if they knew what we had going on, they could hang in there when times were lean. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's easy when times are are prosperous. But it, at times are lean. You need people to, to have your back, mm-hmm. not to save your job or anything, but just, you know, ju- just a smile mm-hmm. as opposed to, oh, here he comes, drop your eyes, don't make eye contact. Right, yeah. So um, when they came about a TV show, they said, we have money. Um, we want to do a show. I said, great. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it the way I see these shows on on yeah. TV. You know, they used to yeah. fill time with those shows, and it'd be like, "Well, we have a wonderful student athlete, and he, meet our academic person. Yeah. L- look how beautiful our library. Well, yeah, doesn't every university have a library? Just a commercial <laughs> library. Yeah. <laughs> so and, you had a different idea. That, so my idea was almost Carson-like. This is awesome. So I would sit behind a desk. <laughs> And uh, and th- this was the beauty of it. Joe Lenardi <laughs> was the Ed McMahon. <laughs> the equipment guy wrote the stuff. <laughs> Our equipment guy, <laughs> Joe DeLacy, wrote. I didn't know Joe wrote. He wrote <laughs> the, the he wrote the stuff uh, for what for what there was scripted. Yeah. You know, like top ten list okay. or mm-hmm. or the Martelli the Magnificent or any that was all written. By our equipment man. I didn't know that. Uh, you know, the guests were different. Yeah. We we shot an episode on the team bus. Oh, right. Where the guy was driving, just Joe Lenardi and I. Yeah. He drove us to the studio, but we shot the show on yeah. the on the bus. Uh, we were in a tough stretch, so, you know, the, the chant of the hawk is dead, so... I went into a coffin, and we, I did the show from a coffin. Now, the thing that that, uh, and we were on a good run, so yeah. we were winning. Yeah. So it was, 
funny. And right. then fans being fans, when we lost, it was you're irreverent. Right. For sure. Uh, right. <laughs> you don't take your job serious. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't take myself very serious, right. but I do take the job serious. And I don't know what could offend you, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but the year 03, 04, we did the show on campus. Mm-hmm. And it was standing room only. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. The governor of Pennsylvania requested to be on the show. (laughs) Now, I don't know if it says a lot about the show or a lot about him, but more him because he's a sports nut. Ed Rendell was on the show. Uh, We always had the seniors on the last show. Oh, yeah. So that year we had, had, not only did we have Jameer Nelson, but we had Jack Ramsey. Oh, nice. and I used to marvel at people that would say, I watched the show and I'd be like, we're looking for you because our, our Nielsen number is one, meaning one person watched and you're not related. Yeah, right. uh, and then they came and said, look, we can take the money and we can put some road games on TV. I said, oh, nice. go ahead. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm fine with it. I mean, we, we, some of the stuff we, I beat up a, a blow up of Saddam Hussein. Yes, you did. Yeah. With a wiffle ball bat. This is like a pro wrestling game. Yeah, it was just, it was just. But you know where it generated the most interest? It generated the most interest with the wives of head coaches. They would come up to me at the Final Four and say, Would you talk to my husband about. Oh, yeah, re- yeah. Re- redoing his show, lightening up, and I would say it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not doing it. I'm just doing it because if you're going to ask me to take the hour, mm-hmm. then we're going to do it this way. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, we shot that show when we started on the top of a paint store <laughs> on Ridge <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> You went into the paint store and go, oh, I'll take, I'll take, uh, I'm yeah. going upstairs. <laughs> and it was a little tiny, much smaller than the room we're in right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, those were some wild times, like, because there would, there would be, you know, you would make news yes. on the court, and then you had your own show, yeah. and it was just, you got uh, just a lot of attention because you have a personality and you never really, uh, you wouldn't hold back. So to speak, because like when did the when did the Bonaventure thing happen? What year was that? That was early, right? The the Bonaventure with the librarian. Yeah, that happened in o three o four. Because what it, what was happening was, uh, that team was spectacular, mm-hmm. uh, and we were getting into situations where we weren't in competitive games. Yeah, and that day. We were just cooking. I think we scored 66 points in the first half, Mm -hmm. and we were cooking, but we had a pattern for how we played. Mm -hmm. We played the same number of guys. We subbed at a certain time, and for the first half of every game, we just played man-to-man full court. We didn't trap. We Mm -hmm. just played man-to-man full court. So in a timeout, I said to the team, uh, all right, it maybe it was the last four minutes. Uh, we're going to go with our 55, mm-hmm. 55 defense. And a woman was sitting right on the railing, and she said, w- would you stop? 
what are you trying to do? And I was like, wait, she's yelling at me. I was, I was, and I couldn't bite my tongue. I said, you need to worry about your own team. Don't worry about mine. Um, she was my guest at the first round of the NCAA tournament, though, later. I found out she was a librarian. And, um, and actually, media... There was a media guy. There was a guy. There was a guy sitting, sitting two seats over, and his headline the next day is "The pressure of being undefeated has made Martelli crack." And I'm like, I far, I am far from cracked. I was, I was wrong. I just scored sixty six the first day, but I didn't crack. So, yeah, and. That that was one of those times where I've where I've uh, I would think about cloning because I wanted to see mm-hmm. what all this what was all going on and and uh, uh, getting invited to uh, the CYO Hall of Fame I was inducted as a college I mean a Catholic uh, student going into this Hall of Fame and there were people everywhere and unbeknownst to me they had gotten a signed jersey from Jameer and a signed jersey from Delante and they were auctioning those off mm. um, and I think somebody paid north of $5,000 for Jameer's mm. and being who he is he was in the room my whole team was there and Jameer went up and thanked those people he didn't know yeah. what CYO was he didn't know what the Catholic school mm-hmm. system but he knew enough that that was Yep. That was appropriate, but it was everywhere we went. Every, everywhere we went, um, we traveled with a security guard to get him, most particularly, but us, <laughs> in and out of hotels. It really was. It was. When did you become aware that year that uh, you guys were? Uh, I mean, I knew who you were. I, I mean, I'm not from Philadelphia. I knew who St. Joe's was, and mainly because of that season and because of Jameer and because of those guys. When did you become aware that, you know, whoa, this is becoming. This is a small school in a, in a neighborhood in a community. Like you said, you got you got fans in the in the gym at practice. Everybody's there. When did you become aware that whoa, this thing is really taking on a life of its own? And like you said, cloning maybe to where you can go outside yourself and look in and see what's happening here. When I started, that I, I would see on other games that we were talked about. Okay, you know, yeah. I'd be watching ESPN uh-huh. yeah, yeah. and I would hear a, a name, or you'd be sitting there and. The sports information person, Ray Wozniak, would come in and say, the L.A. Times wants to come in. And you'd be like, yeah, but we're not changing anything. Like, we're not changing our practice time. Uh, We're not putting on airs. We're not going to do the interview in a bigger office. It It is what it is. And what I wanted to do was I said to everybody, I'll deflect anything from the player. Let the players enjoy the experience. Mm -hmm of being on the best team in America, let the, let them experience being juniors or seniors in college, whatever that would be. Mm-hmm. Let them be, uh, you know, take their girlfriends out or whatever sure. it would be. I'll do, I'll do as much as is physically possible, but you will not interrupt my preparation mm-hmm. for my games nor my coaching of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll be no tricks around that. Yeah. So it was probably, well, to me it was um, – I don't know the numbers. Maybe maybe thirteen and 0, 14 and 0, 15 and zero, sure. something like that. 
and um, the Eagles lost an NFC conference game mm-hmm. on a on a Sunday. Monday was their wrap up press conference, and Tuesday, where there would be normally thirty people at practice, there were three hundred people at practice, and I was like, "Okay, hmm, this is yeah. this is." This yeah. is larger than life. Yeah. And then as you go through these things, towards the end of that year, again, maybe we were 16, 17, and 0, and we're playing Xavier at Xavier, mm-hmm. a team, by the way, that ended up in the Elite Eight. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was before the game, and I was talking, and I look up, and I never, I never try to concentrate on a face mm-hmm. in the crowd. So I kind of looked up. But I looked across the court, and there was Larry Bird scouting our players and Jerry West. And I was like, here I am, a street urchin from Philadelphia, a playground rat. And Larry Bird and Jerry West are watching yeah. my team. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is this yeah. is larger than life. Right. You know, so the, all those those things, those – the. I just hope that the players that were on that team mm-hmm. now they're, you know, they're 37, 38 years old. I hope that they <laughs> recognize what they did. Yeah, may never be matched. And, and I'm yeah, not saying yeah. that disrespectfully. You have two national championships at Villanova, but that team. When uh-huh. people think yeah. in Philadelphia, Brent, of uh-huh. of what, what what a team would look like, mm-hmm. and maybe how they would like it to be yeah. presented, they think of that team. Yeah. It was it was wild and like just the the campus was just off its moorings. I mean, it was just a total. I was a junior at in school at that time, uh, and I mean, I, I passed one class the second semester of that year. But that's another. I was say you're a junior in story. years. Yeah, uh, yeah that's another story. A different um, but so you know, what I find, what uh, people who are just kind of getting introduced to you should kind of understand is, you know, so that was when you kind of became a, obviously 97, you guys go to the Sweet 16 and you kind of became a, a character, you know, on TV and blah, blah, blah. And you were like the media darling of the, the small school and 2001, you go to, uh, the, is that the second round, right? 2001, that was the team with Marvin. 2001 was... Um, Rashid? Or no, that, Rashid was 97, so 2001... No, 2001 was, was Jameer was a... Jameer was a freshman. Yep. Uh, Marvin was a junior. He almost beat number one seed at yeah, Stanford. Yeah, we played in Stanford in, uh, in San Diego. Um, it was uh, an unbelievable performance. We would have we won the game. We had a player dribble the ball off his foot. Uh, I think we were down one. He would have made a lap. They had Casey Jacobson and the Collins twins, and uh, Marvin fouled out. Jameer fouled out, and the, and I had for a long time an iconic picture. Jameer was from Chester High School. Mm-hmm. Was the best freshman in America, and he was being hugged in the locker room by a seven foot uh, Russian who had gone to a Catholic high school in Philadelphia. And they were both broken down. And I always had a sign on there and said, did you work hard enough to care this much? Mm-hmm. You know, so every player would see that and say, mm-hmm. 
Because right. you don't you don't get to cry yeah. if you didn't work hard. That's a great line. That's just a it's just that's a perfect. That's just a fake. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, but, right, hundred percent. But you know, like that. if you've worked that hard, yeah, and you care that much, uh-huh. but you have to work hard first to be able to care that much. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, like that bigger. And there were some that said, "Oh, you're just doing this to self-promote." And I was, I, yeah, right. You know, I, I at that time I got involved with the NABC because sure. I thought, you know what, I can help the profession. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't knock anybody. Anybody that does it differently, anybody that does it differently, um, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. Uh, I think that's why there's vanilla and chocolate and sure. butter pecan and yeah. all the ice creams. The, you, you do it the way that you are most comfortable. I was most comfortable mm-hmm. yes. opening up. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you went, you know, the, the 2001 here. All right, now you're back in the tournament and, and it's you're you're kind of gain more attention for the school and become a bigger name in coaching. And then I feel like 2004 was when okay, you kind of became the Phil Martelli that people have known for the last. 15 years, whatever, in terms of being, you know, a, a national figure in college basketball. But before all of that, you know, you were an assistant for 10 years, and you're an assistant again now. So, you know. I'll stop right there. You want to pause, okay, and then we'll come perfect. back. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back right on the other side of this, and we'll talk more about Phil's current role mm-hmm. uh, at Michigan. 